0: Playboys Extra. Hey hey, welcome to Playboys Extra. I'm Dean joined by Mireia, our Lorca and Hernandez, a Spanish poetry correspondent. And we're gonna talk about some Lorca plays And up first on this episode. We have um, the blood wedding, right? The well, yeah, blood wedding. Do you want to say it in Spanish or "borraste sangre," right? sangre, exactly. So, this was 1932, and um, this is Lorca. So, if anyone listened to our recent poetry piles, they will have heard some poems of Lorca. And you recommended to me that he also did some plays, and I was thinking, oh no, I don't think I'm going to like that. I read four of these plays now and I absolutely love them. They're amazing. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So t- tell us about Lorca in the context of doing plays instead of poems, right? So he, he already did poems and the plays came later. That's right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, there's a big difference between the poems and the, the plays. The plays are like more mature and he's, yeah. his- more the, the andalusian world as he starts to do in the um, gypsy ballads and uh, mm-hmm. i don't know the title in, in english so sorry
0: don't worry <laughs> but yeah you're you're right and i think these are more mature and these are well to be honest these are amazing i i i read four and i loved all four but we're gonna do episodes just on the top two so today's the Blood wedding. These are short plays. You can read them in an hour, maybe an hour and a quarter, or something like that. You don't need long, you know. In a Okay. It's not, uh, you know, like a Shakespeare or something that takes three, four hours. So the characters, the dramatis personae of the first play. Lorca's plays are interesting in that he doesn't actually seem to give all the characters names. A lot of the time, it is just the bridegroom, the bridegroom's mother, the neighbor leonardo okay that's a name leonardo's mm-hmm. wife leonardo's mother-in-law the bride isn't even named the bride's father you know so a lot of the time these characters are not given names. is there a reason for that do you know or is that just the way he did it
1: is the only playing he only has this well not in the last play that is you know completed. and yes yeah,
0: some of them he does give some of the characters names um in the second one that we're going to do most of the characters have names, but there's still a lot of, you know, first woman, second woman, third woman, you know, first woodcutter, sixth woodcutter. A lot of people don't have names, you know.
1: You focus only on the main characters.
0: <laughs> I, I guess. So these are your typical three-act plays. Most of the acts only have maybe two scenes on average as well, so they're, they're pretty, um, usually pretty short. One to three scenes, two on average. So We're going to look at the first one. We open Act 1, Scene 1, A Room Painted Yellow. So we have the bridegroom and mother. And immediately they introduce us to this theme of the knife. So the knife seems to be a very important theme throughout the play. The bridegroom's mother doesn't like knives. She talks about, you know, curse the villain who invented these knives and also guns and pitchforks and all the rest of it. But specifically, knives can cut a man's body. And that's something that she doesn't like because what well, do you want to tell us why
1: why um good question <laughs> yeah it's because uh his husband her husband and her first son yeah both were killed by a knife um by the same family the felix by family. by
0: the felix family yeah so keep keep those in mind the felix family are gonna are gonna come up later Um, But the mother says that she would prefer that her son was a daughter, because then he wouldn't have to kind of get involved in these manly activities. But we should say, before we kind of go any further, Lorcas, um, this world that these are set in, it's, it's very traditional. And there's a lot of the men are going out to, you know, plow the fields and drive their oxen and do that kind of thing. And the women are doing a lot of embroidery and sewing in the house. And some in some of these plays, they're not even allowed to leave the house. You know, it's, it's very kind of in that traditional way. Their job is essentially to produce a baby and look after it. It's a very traditional society.
1: Exactly. It's a society about 100 years ago, more or less.
0: It shocked me. These are the 1930s you know, not the 1830s. Like, this is the same time that Agatha Christie was writing Poirot's. This is crazy that these are so traditional.
1: <laughs> we talk about the society in Spain in that moment. I think with Lorca, and I'm sure with Miguel Hernández, that the society is deeply divided between the city and the rural world. And in the rural world, the people, they didn't know how to let, uh, write or read so of course, they're going to have these things.
0: Yeah. I mean, in one of the plays, not one that we're going to review, they mention that in Madrid they have cars now. So it is said in the, in the, current, in the time period, it's just that the, the countryside seems to be way behind, you know, and that could be an economic issue as well, just poverty or, or whatever. But look, the mother and son get on quite well, and they joke around, and they say that the mother's old, and she wishes that she could go into the vineyards the way her husband used to take her. The mother is obsessed with the dead husband and the dead son which you would understand if it was recent, but we are given to believe that it was years ago. You know, it was, it was a good while ago. And she's, that's all she talks about, the whole play, is how she should be there with her husband and her son. And she has this hatred of the Felix family, basically.
1: Yeah, that's something that I, I wasn't sure. You know, I had to reread the, the book for this, this podcast. Um, because the other day when I went to see the, the play in the theatre... The mm-hmm. first scene was in the, the funeral of the of the son.
0: That's so, right, I forgot that already. You just think, went to see this play.
1: Yeah. Really good, I recommend you to see <laughs> it.
0: Awesome. And would you prefer reading it or watching it?
1: Reading. Yeah. Reading because sometimes the the plays when they're ready to read, not to act. And you lose a lot of the scenario the stage and that like you have in your imagination but you cannot do in a you know in a yeah. stage.
0: no my my main playboys co-host alex um always who you've met always complains you know because he he's an actor and he acts in shakespeare so he always says you need to watch it you need to see how it's produced for me i just prefer to read them it's just all about reading them i, I treat it like a book you know um, and I think I get more out of, it, out of it that way. But anyway, so the mother talks about she can never move away because if she moves away, maybe one of the Felixes will get buried in the same cemetery as her husband. So she's really, really obsessed with that. And they talk about the fact that the firstborn will be a boy. So they're, they, they they want this guy to get married and have, you know, kids. And he says, like, I'm sure you'll love my wife, but the mother's not so sure if she's going to love the, the new wife or not. Um... I think that she just doesn't want her son to be taken away from her at this stage. Um, and that's the reason. We do find out another reason in a moment, but at this stage, um, that's the only reason, I think. Okay.
1: Just in the first scene, just something to say. Mm-hmm. Did you realize that the the color of the walls of the room, that is yellow? Ye- yellow, yeah. That is to do like a circular cycle with the end of the play. They they only mention the yellow color twice.
0: Right.
1: And it's at the beginning and at the end. Look okay. Ahead.
0: I didn't realize that they mentioned it again at the end. Huh.
1: The, the, the lips, the, say the jello lips.
0: Right, right. Okay, good, good. So what happens next is the mother talks with an unnamed neighbor and they say, like, I wish I knew more about this girl. She lives far away. We don't really know much about her. Um, the neighbour knew her mother and they kind of say well they don't know if her mother really loved her husband and therefore they assume that this girl won't love her husband either because obviously that's, that's genetic right <laughs> that's how that works um, and the mother was proud and, and this kind of thing and now they discover now here's the big thing oh when the girl was 15 she used to like another man and that's not good who was the other man it was only one of the Felix family Leonardo so the mother's really, really unhappy about that. And they say, look, Leonardo was eight years old when this happened. He's a man now. So a lot of time has passed. You know, a minimum of a decade, potentially more, decade and a half, you know, has passed. So you can't really blame him. And that's, but well, that's more or less it. That's the end of the first scene, Curtain. We open the second scene. We're now in a pink room and we've got Leonardo's wife and mother in law and I'm going to skip some bits because the mother-in-law does a little song. I always skip the songs and poems. They don't advance the play. And do these do much for you?
1: Yes. Um, they don't talk <laughs> too much about the, the play, but they do. They are telling you that what is going to happen in the play in um, some kind. Two things foreshadowing, say, maybe, yeah. yeah. Two things too, really important in, in this play, that the symbolism, they have the horse and the water. The water means the light, and the horse me- means like the menth strength. Means what, sorry? The horse is the man's strength. Like a strong.
0: Right, okay. Okay. We'll come to the horse um, fairly it's soon, anyway. Important
1: to the horse during the world play.
0: Okay. So, what happens in the next scene? Wife and mother-in-law, they do their little song. I mean, look, if I want to read poetry, I'll read poetry. I don't need it in a play, so I'm going to skip, you know, a page, a page two. But Leonardo eventually enters. Um, first thoughts on Leonardo? Like, I hated him immediately.
1: Me too. <laughs> you have to hate him. But at the end, you think you have to understand that it's not something that he is conscious that he's doing. It's something that is inside... He's a spirit,
0: maybe? Maybe. I mean, he asks, you know, the first thing he asks is, you know, is their child asleep and things like that? So he seems that he, you know, he's got some concerns about the kid, the family. Like he seems like a decent man in some respects, but he just goes on to not really be. So he's not good to his wife, or in, initially we see that, or even to, to his mother in law, but um, suspicion is immediately raised because they mentioned that his horse keeps losing its shoes and they say, well, you're riding it so much. And he says, well, I never take it anywhere. And the, well, the mother-in-law says, you know, you had it um, over in such and such a place. And he says, well, I don't, why would I go over there? And it's like, okay, well, is he going somewhere that he's not meant to be going or what's happening there? Now, I didn't have any suspicions until I read it a second time and, um, you know, knowing what was going to happen, but yeah. So little, little seed planted there that he's maybe, using the horse to drive around a lot more than we think well, than, than his wife thinks
1: he is so frustrated with the situation that he is married maybe with not the correct woman well, uh, he yeah. is with the horse everything so his anger
0: mm-hmm. and sorry we should mention the wife is the cousin of the other girl that he wanted years ago and um, so this happens along these places while like siblings and cousins competing for men and um, I'm gonna say off the bat I don't like and it's something that I have to put aside you know the, the issues with the society but I don't like the gender stereotypes that all the women care about is having babies like it, it really bothers me
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're going to say that, but it's the same, you have to think about the context of the society, everything, real area. What was the, the plan for a, a woman in that time? Get married, have kids, be a housewife, and that's all, and care about the, the husband, that's all we have yeah. to do in that moment.
0: So now they say that the wedding's going to happen in a month, less than a month, so a few weeks until the, the wedding, And a little girl comes in and starts saying, oh, the bridegroom came in and bought all the things. And, the, you know, Leonardo's kind of snappish. We don't want to know about that. And we're not interested. Very harsh to this little child. Now he starts being harsh to the wife and the mother-in-law. There's a lot of, you know, I didn't ask your opinion. Stop it. Leave me alone. Be quiet, can't you? Just snapping at everyone. And I think this guy's an ass. Like, I I don't like this guy straight away. He's not being nice to anyone. And I really hate to see a man speaking harshly to a woman, but there there we go. Um, now we have a little bit more kind of poetry and the scene ends. So we get a rare scene three on Act One, and we're in a cave where the bride lives, and there's pink flowers and things like that. So I don't know why the bride lives in a cave, but uh, I'm not going to question that. Is that usual in a Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, you have to think that in... The south of Spain, they normally live right now in summer around 40 degrees. Mm. Okay, so they need like this, n- not even cold spaces because it's not cold, it's just as a space in which you can refresh. And the bride is always saying that it's so hot living there, they cannot even stay outside during the night. So, okay. They need this cave for that. Okay so oh, scene three
0: the mother and the bridegroom talk again and that's a lot of you know your father would have filled these dry lands with trees and a lot of you know nostalgia for the dead father still now the father of the bride talks to the mother of the bridegroom and he kind of says what's mine is hers and what's yours is his and we're going to put everything together and it's going to be less work if we join our business enterprises together and you know and um, all this kind of thing so he wants to kind of get the families together which is good the mother's a little bit less likely to do that but that's fine they both praise their own kids which i think is realistic enough interesting the father says here's what can i say of my girl she's up at three before first light frying the men's breakfast and she keeps a still tongue in her head well there we go that's what how can i possibly praise my girl she gets up really early to cook her husband's breakfast and doesn't talk back so no comment (laughs) And they're going to get married on her 22nd birthday. So that's nice, I guess. Okay. So let's see what happens next. Um, the bride comes in. She's not that close with the mother-in-law. She calls her senora, And the father even says, look, you don't need to be so stiff with her. Like, she's going to be your mother. You don't need to kind of address her so formally. But we, we feel that they don't have any kind of closeness um, and then the mother says she will have a man, children, and, two, oh, and a wall two yards thick to keep everything else out. And the, the husband then says, well, what more could she want? So like a man and a woman and thick walls to make sure that no one else can get into her house apart from her, her husband and kids. Lonely, lonely life. What more could she possibly want? So that's, that's that's that. Um,
1: that's funny, Dave. Now that you read the, the play, it's funny reading this. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, the bride and the bridegroom, they seem to be in love. They've got a lump in their throat and all this kind of stuff. You know, we're going to get married. There is a bit of excitement there. Um, and now the mother kisses the brides. So they try to bring that little bit of um, closeness that maybe they haven't displayed um, up until this point. Okay, and that's more or less the end of the scene. The scene closes just with the bride and the servant talking, and they mention that the horse was out last night again.
1: So Here we have the horse again.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And they say, who was talking to the bride? And they say, well, it must have been her fiancé's horse. And I says, no, no, it wasn't. And the servant says it was Leonardo's horse. And the bride says, it's a lie, it's a lie. Damn your filthy tongue. Shut your mouth. Curtain.
1: But it's
0: Leonardo, because they see him. Yes. So, act two, scene one, back to the bride's house. Okay. Bride and the servant are there, and we know at this point that the servant knows about what happened with the bride, but the servant's being a bit, and the servant's being a bit crass here. Um, at times, and start saying, lucky you, you're going to have a man in your arms and feel his weight on top of you and kiss him and the bride's kind of like, oh, stop it, stop it, like this is inappropriate, and the servants saying, like, the real part of a wedding isn't the guests, it isn't the flowers, it isn't the feast, it's going to bed afterwards, you know, and it's very enjoyable, and the girl's kind of like, oh, very, you know, very shy and, and um, afraid of this kind of crassness, you know.
1: Yeah, because they don't even kiss with it in that moment, they didn't kiss before getting married or just they went to the to the park maybe and they chatted for one hour or two or the girl was always with someone that is called normally La Celestina, that is another book mm-hmm. and the title comes from these people that yeah, used I might have to heard of to it. Okay. so that's the important part of the wedding of course
0: so now Leonardo arrives, the first to arrive for the wedding. He's, he's there early. He wants to make sure he doesn't, you know, miss anything. And he, say, and he talks to the bride, obviously, and she doesn't even want to talk to him at this point. And they say, you're going to kill that per horse. You're riding him so fast, um, the servant says. He's gone all the way there. His, you know, his wife will catch up. Who cares? He's come to see the wedding. And she's like, well, why do you want to see my wedding? And he says, well, I saw, I, you know, she says, I saw yours. You know, she had to watch him get married to someone else. So now he's going to watch her um get married to someone else as well but they do they do both seem a little bit sad about the fact that they are both married to other people now Um, and that's that is a shame but it's kind of what's what's done is done I suppose he's been married to someone for for a number of years you know so that's that's that but her wedding is just about to happen and um, but they mentioned like this burning inside and all this kind of stuff so they, they do still have a lot of feelings for each other
1: mm, which kind of feelings <laughs> that's something uh, important to say there's not like a romantic feeling it's just sexual one.
0: it seems to be just sexual yeah and eventually the servant kind of reminds leonardo that this girl's getting married and chucks him out and then some little girls sing okay yes yeah, so some little girls sing for longer than i remembered <laughs> Uh, several pages of singing some guests come in and they all continue singing What five pages with us oh my goodness yeah. about five pages of singing okay <laughs> it's longer than i remembered um and now the bride comes in and they talk about you know the material of her dress and perfume and all the kinds of things that to this day people still think is important because we live in a materialistic culture dominated by the media and um, talk about our shoes and so on and so forth okay so the bride does say to the bridegroom, "I long to be your wife and to be with you alone and to hear no other voice but yours." And he, you know, affirms that he wants that as well to see only your eyes and only for you to hold me tight and everything. So the bride is essentially lying through her teeth at this point to, to the bridegroom. And then we get more songs. And now the Leonardo is with his wife, and um, Leonardo is going to the church again for the, I guess for the next part of the ceremony, whatever. He seems really uninterested, but he's just like, his wife, you can go in the in the carts, like, I don't really care how you get there. And the wife says, look, I'm not going alone. Like, we should arrive together. At this point, we're worrying because Leonardo's really showing more concern for the would-be bride than he is for his own wife
1: at this point. They say that it's here before when this Leonardo said to, to the bride that it was helpful that he's married. Because she arranged everything. Yes, the- I
0: think I think he just mentioned that a moment ago. Yeah, but you know, well, okay. Look, we'll we'll leave it as it is. I should say though, at this point, it looks clear what's happening with Leonardo. I didn't realize the first time I read this. Like I was shocked by what's going to happen, and um, because I don't think ahead when I read, I just take what the author tells me. And um, so I was very shocked by the preceding events. So move on to scene two. We're right outside the cave. Um, and the servants doing a bit more poetry mother and father then enter and they talk about how leonardo and his wife got there and they drove like the devil just i, I feel so sorry for his poor horse always driving this horse around until um, mm-hmm. his shoes are falling off every other day mm-hmm. uh, and then the mother mentions again that she's scared of the knives and things like that so we we, we look back a little bit to that before before our finale So. And the father says, this is not the time that you should be remembering these types of things and your dead husbands and all the rest of it. And the mother, it is my dream to have grandchildren. I, I hate this maternal stuff, but that's okay. And they want to have sons and daughters. I mean, this is a father and mother planning their, their prospective kids' futures. And like, we're going to have big families and grandkids and we're all going to be happy. And, you know, and, and that's fine. Look, let them have their moment of happiness because they're, they're about to be disappointed in a few pages. So that's okay. Um, And Leonardo's wife comes in and she wishes them good fortune as well. So that's all fine. And trying to see what the next important thing is. Just a bit of chatting with the the husbands, um, cousins and things. They all come to dance. Um, There's a a gift of orange blossom that was made. So I don't know if there's any significance in that.
1: Yes. um, It represents the purity right of innocence of a woman just being virgin before getting, getting married that is so that's important when leonardo the first time they chat before the wedding he said that your crown of flowers will be smaller something like that
0: right yes i think i remember that actually
1: yeah he's saying like you're not as innocent as you're saying you are
0: mm. okay
1: okay
0: so, um, now we have Leonardo's wife saying to the bridegroom, I hope you'll be happy married to my cousin. And he says, yes, I'll be, I'll be very happy marrying your cousin. And, and that's grand. And now they can't find Leonardo. So he's gone off somewhere. And there's it's a wedding. So they're talking and they're singing and they're dancing and they're doing various things. But they start to wonder, where's Leonardo gone? Okay. Um, bridegroom's got a twinkle in his eye. And... Um, and then they offer him some food. So the servant says, you might need some food at midnight. And he says, I never eat at midnight. And this crass servant is like, ah, but you know, you might be hungry tonight because you might be up late. And he's like, no, don't worry. I don't normally stay up late. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know how this works? <laughs> it is your wedding night. <laughs> and then some girls come in with the bride and they say, who did she give the pin to first? You know, who's going to get married next? Is it you or is it me? And all these girls just think, care about nothing but getting married and it makes me really sad Um. okay so bride no. comes up bridegroom comes up to the bride and puts her arms around him and she's startled and he's like well who else would think it was maybe your, my father but he wouldn't have grabbed me so tightly and obviously she thought it might have been Leonardo but the bridegroom doesn't know at this point what? why is she so startled like who else is going to hug her on her wedding day you know like <laughs> possibly her father definitely her husband like there's no one else why is she startled you know
1: because she's seeing leonardo on the on the cape there so Mm -hmm. she's thinking about him
0: leonardo's gone and the horse is gone and we find out as well the bride is distressed and she wants to lie down and rest bridegroom seems to be okay with that if that's what you want let's rest you know but Maybe just try not to be too difficult tonight. It is our wedding night, um, and the bridegroom says it's a bad day for brides, and that's that's a shame because um, you know it's always sad. People care a lot about their wedding, and it is sad if it doesn't work out. But anyway, mother wants to go back to her own house. So father comes in. Where's my daughter? She's inside. Oh no! Neither can't find the bride either. So this is things really start to develop. Leonardo's wife comes in. They've run away. And the mother starts to say about the father, she's a bad woman for, you know, the daughter of a bad mother. So it's the mother's fault. Like, it's not the man's fault. I, I notice...
1: The same has happened with Leonardo. It's something that they have on the plot. Like, something that comes from the family. They said at the beginning of the play that the mother of the bride didn't love Will the... Yeah,
0: yeah, they did say that. So, but, okay, that's that's fair, I suppose. Um, but there's no sign of them, the horse, and they, they look to see who's got a horse to um, to go after them. And the father says, maybe she's thrown herself into the water's tank and drowned herself. And the mother says, only decent girls do that. <laughs> so only decent girls kill themselves from their shame, not, not your kind of uh, daughter, you know. And then they all go after them. They all say, let's chase them. Let's find them. It is the hour of blood. And that's the end of act two. So let's be quick here. We'll summarize Act 3. We're out in the woods at night. I'm going to skip a lot because we have three woodcutters. Basically, they talk for several pages, but all they say is they're going to go catch these people. Yes,
1: exactly. And we have the the moon.
0: Yes. So they, they the woodcutters so- talk about how they're going to catch them. And they men- they mention the knives again. Just that comes in in the imagery and the mingling of the blood. And it's good imagery. It just doesn't advance the plot. And then we have the moon. Um,
1: you know, the moon for Lorca, it's going always to represent the death, and here we have death twice because the the old lady. quite There's English? an old
0: beggar woman as well talking so, with the moon.
1: That's the, the Double death. death. And it's double death. Um, walking together.
0: Double death. So remember that in two minutes' time. <laughs> it's been uh, there's been a premonition of, of it here. Although it was weird for me having the moon as a character. That's unusual, but that's fine. Um, and some of the imagery in these poems is, is good. If you want to, to read them, I do recommend it. So some youths come in and they say, oh, they went that way and they're looking for them. Now we start advancing the play. The bridegroom here is galloping. So basically, this, the party of characters are now all in the woods trying to, to find the, the runaway bride and Leonardo, essentially. The unnamed bride and Leonardo. And they ask the beggar woman for directions and then the woodcutters are there again and they talk about mournful death and how cruel things are. So a lot of premonition for what's about to happen. Um, Now, Leonardo and the bride are together now. And this is interesting because we find out now that the bride initiated this, not Leonardo. She saddled the horse. She takes him by the hand after she gets married. So she gets married then leaves immediately afterwards with another man, and she's the one who instigated the whole thing, not Leonardo.
1: Nothing happens between them, and the bride tells us a lot of times that she's still being pure.
0: Yeah, they don't. They haven't. I mean, they haven't had a chance yet, I guess. But at this point, she—they they, haven't they slept could. together.
1: They could, but she's always saying that he. She's not going to do it.
0: It's it's interesting. I mean, they've only just fled, so I, I reckon if they hadn't been chased, they might have eventually slept together. I don't I don't know, but she talks about how much she loves him, but she doesn't want to share his table or his bed, so she doesn't want to be a, like you know a family with him. She just has this weird pull to him, some kind of desire, some kind of attraction, and that she feels she can't get away from them. And Leonardo talks about her hips being you know made fused to his loins and this kind of thing, so they they feel some kind of burning and there's this intense violent passionate scene and um, which is really really good and now we move on to the final scene and we begin again I hate these intros to the scenes with the irrelevant characters some of the little girls three girls talk and sing and, and so forth um, and now the mother-in-law comes in and okay. um, with the wife and she's saying, you know, go back to your house and grow old and weep. And that's it. You know, it's it's done. Your husband's run off on you. Your life's essentially over. And that's sad. And then the beggar woman comes in looking for her breast of bread. And the little girls want to go home. Let's see what the next important thing is. Lots of nonsense with these characters and um, that don't matter. The beggars and the little girls. And now we're with the mothers. So, OK. The neighbor talks to the mother and tries to say, Look, have pity on yourself, and you know, tries to talk to her a little bit. And then the bride appears. And the bride is talking. It's it's tricky. So basically, the mother calls her the, the neighbor a snake and um, when she announces that the bride has arrived. Um, because just the way the rhetoric's going, I guess, that the neighbor's not really on her side at this point. But the bride says, Look. Let her let her do whatever. The, so the the mum strikes her and the neighbour tries to intervene and the bride says, let her, because I've come here so that she could kill me. And that's it. No man has actually touched me, but I'm, I've come here for my punishment and, and to be killed. And the mother basically says, I don't care if he's slept with you or not. Why would I care about that? Which seems weird, because she should. That was the whole problem, but I guess the fact that she ran away really was the problem. Whether they've slept together or not is is irrelevant. Um... And the mother and the, the bride just kind of argue about it and she says, I've kept my good name, just what's your good name to me? It doesn't really matter. Um, and there's a little bit more poetry. And how it ends, um, amidst poetry, unfortunately, so you had to read it a couple of times to realise what was happening because I tend to skim the poems. Um, it's, it ends with a knife. So we find out the mother and the bride do these little poems back to back where they repeat what each other's saying at the end. But we find out that the knife was used and the two men killed each other. So offstage, the bridegroom and Leonardo um, both killed each other. And
1: that's they say it. That the, the, the end of the, the previous scene, they say that, that they both killed themselves. Like one killed each other.
0: Yeah, and they say they talk about two love-driven men killed each other with a knife that hardly fits into the hand. Um, Two fine men left with yellowing lips, you know. And the the poetry is very good. And the neighbors weep, and everyone kneels on the floor. And the play ends. I love that that romance, romance that leads to death. I love that's great literature.
1: <laughs> you didn't mention the, the the last scene when the the bread says like to the to the mother that you would do the same. yeah
0: she says when she ran off with him you would do the same Yeah, because Because it's just
1: attraction she she cannot do it, it's something that he has to do
0: yeah but that's you know if I that's not what I would be saying to the mother after running away on her son, oh I had to do it, you would have done the same thing, there was no, the guy was just irresistible you know (laughs) but anyway it was a really really good play, I I give it an A I, I really really enjoyed it
1: think it's easier to understand when you have read before the gypsy ballads Mm.
0: Um, but although i skipped the poetry it's the, the poetry is good doesn't necessarily advance the plot but for any fans of lorca it's worth reading you know um, very very good play so that has been our thoughts on the blood wedding and we're gonna do a second one very soon